For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bearcat Blitz time on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Russ Eltman. You're all Bearcats reporter over at allbearcats.com. Check out all the UC coverage there where the portal is hot and heavy right now. The basketball coverage is hot and heavy. I mean, this is where we make the money in the calendar year, people. We are cooking all over the place, as is front office news. My guy, Neil Meyer, my co-host across the way right there. You can check out all his work covering the same kind of stuff. Portal, basketball team. All of the hot button topics around UC athletics as he joins me once again as co host. We continue this trek on Bearcat Blitz, looking at the Bearcats basketball team 7 0 start. But first, we got to talk about the transfer portal happenings. A couple of big, big days ahead and already a good start. As welcome in my guy, Neil Meyer, in just a second before I tell you about the good, good people over at Bet Online our great, great friends and a great sponsor of the program. The holiday season is off to a hot start with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe that's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit bet online where the game starts. And you of course could catch us on talking cats with Russ Heltman, catch us on Valley sports, Ohio, Neil and I going to be taking the reins and going on air on Valley sports this coming weekend. You'll, you'll catch our Thursday show, the preview of the crosstown shootout along with, uh, we're expecting a special guest from the UC side of things as well. And you of course are most often listening to us on podcast forum, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, all of that good stuff. It is all available to you whatever platform you'd like to check us out on throw us a subscription there and a rating as well five stars preferably neil the portal is open my man and the bearcats have offered almost double digit players so far and we're not even as we record this to 1 p.m on the opening day of the portal yeah man and that's the first always the first time in the first day of portal season you know a bunch of offers are going to be out they're up to almost double digit offers as you said i mean some of these offers are some big name players as well. So it's a hot season right now, especially after you're seeing nearly 20 guys go into the portal. So especially in the big 12, you know, Scott Satterfield is going to be hot and ready with his staff out there to get these guys here to Cincinnati, and try whatever he can do to get some of these guys to find a new home right here in the queen city. 
So let's kind of look at the at the offers so far. When we when we go back to last week, we got a guy like Upton Stout who got an offer, JUCO linebacker Keaton Thomas out of Northeast Mississippi Community College, uh, Stout who I mentioned, Jamori McLean, North Texas wide receiver, five foot eleven guy, over a thousand yards receiving, eleven touchdowns there, and also as I mentioned, Upton Stout who was a Western Kentucky cornerback had a very very nice season, seventy nine point two coverage grade according to PFF and a career-high 81.2 grade overall to go with 29 solo tackles or 29 tackles and one interception plus a forced fumble. That was kind of last week. And then when we look to today, Neil, similar kind of positional targeting. When we think about linebacker, we think about wide receiver, and we think about cornerback. Aiden Fisher got the call today from UC and offer to the James Madison linebacker. He had a fantastic year at 54 tackles one sack excuse me that was not that was a different linebacker they offered 91 tackles for our guy Aiden Fisher one and a half sacks a forced fumble this past season nice 72.4 PFF grade uh, over there I believe in what is James Madison in the Sun Belt I'm pretty sure they're uh, they're in in one of the group of five conferences and then Ethan Barr Vanderbilt linebacker got an offer this week from UC he was uh, a little bit less impressive I would say compared to the rest of the offers 55.3 PFF grade at 54 tackles one sack and one forced fumble going in as a graduate transfer. That's kind of what we have so far to work with. We'll obviously touch on it again on uh, – we might not have time on Thursday to really touch on the portal with how much Xavier stuff we're going to have to get in in a 24-minute show with the TV time restrictions. But when we go back to the portal in a week's time, there's going to be more stuff. But, Neil, I would imagine they will continue to target wide receiver, linebacker, and cornerback ad nauseum until they find the right mix of guys to bring in and shore up, in my opinion, outside of quarterback, the three weakest positions on the team from last season. Yeah, and it's great that you mentioned the wide receiver position, which is just a couple uh, moments ago, maybe about 45 minutes ago, they offered Georgia State wide receiver Robert Lewis. uh, And that's a guy who's caught 70 balls, 877 yards and 11 touchdowns this past season down there at Georgia State. So Third team on the belt, solid talent out of there. Yep, so that's another offer to keep a name on. And Aiden Garns is another name. Duquesne uh, defensive back as well. First team all NEC conference selection. Offered him earlier today as well. And then they also offered Purdue outside linebacker Kador Sonor. So that's another big offer. So there's some offers out there going on for the Bearcats right now. And there's a couple people also in the mix that we won't really discuss yet. We're still trying to figure out some information on. But there's a lot of players out there in the mix right now that the Bearcats are offering. But just know Scott Satterfield and his staff are actively hitting the portal. And I know this is something he's talked about towards the end of the season where he was looking to add whether it be 10 to 14 guys via transfer portal this offseason. So that's the number target range right now that the staff is looking for that Scott Satterfield has talked about in press uh, postgame press conferences. So that's something to keep an eye on, whether uh, in terms of the scholarship numbers that the Bearcats are looking to add here in the transfer portal. No doubt about it, Neil. And when you look at a guy like uh, Aiden Garns, he kind of sticks out to me wholeheartedly. I think he's a p- player that could really take a nice leap from the FBS level to the FBS. He's or FCS level, excuse me, to the FBS. He's ranked seventh on PFF among all FCS coverage players, all FCS corners, I should say, in overall PFF grade. Had almost a ninety PFF grade this season. I mean, he was a lockdown, lockdown corner on the outside for Duquesne. And there are some, some, uh, some maybe, like you mentioned, maybe some more offers that'll be coming from a big name program in the middle of the state here 
that we'll uh, we'll be monitoring. And one of the them actually, yeah, one of them just actually came in about six minutes ago via Twitter of Cam Martinez, Ohio State safety, mm. just picked up a Bearcats offer as well just a few moments ago. So that's a little breaking news there. There you go. It's all it's all flying. It's all happening in the transfer portal window right now. Obviously, I don't think there were any additional UC entries since the last time we talked. There haven't been any over the weekend, correct, Neil? That that you and I have have uh, have in terms of have needing to get to the people here at, on the UC side of things. Yes, correct. There has been no entries on the Bearcats side of things this weekend. But you never know how things might still go. Obviously, the exit meetings happened early last weekend or last week, which caught was the time frame where we saw a lot of these players hit the portal. But there is some Bearcats that have been picking up offers. I recently saw Justin Watley just picked up an offer from Iowa State. So hmm. that's something to kind of keep an eye on as the former Bearcat defensive end just picked up another Big 12 offer. So something to keep an eye on. There you go. There you go. And when we look at the overall portal landscape as a whole, as we kind of wrap up the first segment of the show here on Bearcat Blitz, I'm your host, Russ Elvin, joined, as always, by my co-host, Neil Meyer from the Front Office News. Check out allbearcats.com and check out frontofficenews.com as well for all your Bearcats coverage needs. A lot of quarterbacks, Neil, so far entering the portal. And I think a fan brought up this this point to me, and I think it's a great point. The more quarterbacks you get in the portal, the better for UC because I – we don't know the exact budget they're working with in terms of NIL money. We don't know that down to a cent, but it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to shell out 1.5 to $2 million for a quarterback. If you're UC, you're just not going to have the budget to do it. You're not going to have money remaining elsewhere to shore up some of those other worst position groups. And so I think the more quarterbacks you get in this portal, the more chances and the more breadth of talent, the more wide ranging talent you can access, it's going to be better for UC and other kind of middle tier power five programs that are wanting to continue to improve their standing in their own conference, but don't necessarily, and especially for UC being one year into their F or their power five tenure, don't have that kind of war chest of assets to be able to throw at a guy like Kyle McCord or who out of Ohio state who entered today or Dylan Gabriel out of Oklahoma, stuff like that. Maybe those guys are a little out of UC's price range, but they push down some of those, quarterbacks that may have been out of UC's price range in a slimmer transfer portal window, but in a thick wide transfer portal window, you might have access to those guys and and be able to get a higher level of talent than normal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the market for the quarterbacks right now, I mean, for everything that's being reported, I mean, a good quarterback nowadays in the transfer portal, and I don't think people realize this, it's going to cost you significantly in terms of NIL money. I mean, you look at what Caleb Williams got, for example, from USC, after the video surfaced of him with the nice car, the NIL money for a quarterback is insane. Obviously we don't know the exact budget for what UC is working with NIL. And that's probably something we won't find out if we're being honest, but overall the, a lot of quarterbacks have entered the portal. There's some quality names out there. Obviously Kyle McCord went in today. Dylan Gabriel went in for the third time. So there's a lot of quality names out there in the portal. And I, I would definitely kind of expect for the Bearcats to be kind of making a couple calls there at that quarterback position. No doubt. And and the, the big question is, how much improvement are we going to see out of Brady Drogosh from year one to year two in this program? Is it going to be enough for him to truly compete for that starting job and kind of entrench himself as the latest success story development-wise for UC, which they haven't had one, Neil, since 2018? Now, they didn't need a success story over the ensuing four years. 
with Desmond Ritter playing as well as he did and being one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of college football. But the coffers are basically empty in terms of thousand percent. You know, this is a reliable developing option in the program. Evan Prater gets hurt. We go down that line. He ends up having to switch to wide receiver. And now you're left largely with a question mark in the developmental pipeline for this program. A lot of stuff happened in the transfer portal. We're, we'll, I'm sure, dive into it more on uh, on Monday's show uh, following a Xavier-centric, Crosstown shootout-centric show on Thursday. But we'll take a quick break here on Bearcat Blitz and dive into that UC basketball team that, whoo, top 30 in Kempa, 7-0 record, and eighth best scoring margin in the country among a top 10, Neil, that features eight Big 12 teams whooping up on on their opponents. Eight of the top 10 scoring margin teams in the country right now reside in the Big 12. It's going to be a gauntlet once they start that thing up against BYU on January 6th. A little while to go before we get there, though, about a month's time. He's Neil Meyer. I'm Russ Eltman. This is Bearcat Blitz. Take a quick break. when We talk about UC hoops on the other side. Neil, you and I had a little discussion for the game yesterday, and we and I, the the rankings might actually come out. The AP poll probably will be coming out right when we're talking about this right now. I was refreshing before the show to see if we could get it uh, right at the top of the show and get the breaking news there. But I think they deserve to be ranked. The UC Bearcats, the seven and zero UC Bearcats. You and I discussed for the game yesterday a sixteen and a half point betting line against Florida Gulf Coast. They beat the Eagles handily. I mean, they were up by thirty in the in the in almost near the midpoint of the first half, it felt like. 99-62, the offense goes over 80 points for the sixth game out of seven contests this season. And all the underlying metrics outside of the strength of schedule, which is in the 300s right now, I think lends the Bearcats to being a ranked AP Top 25 team for what, Neil? Was that, would that be the first time this decade? It would assuredly be the first time in the West Whirler era that they would house inside the AP top 25. Yeah, it would be the first time under coach Miller. And that's something that hasn't been done since what, I believe the 2019, 2020 season, maybe on the early uh, part of that there. And it was definitely the time where they went back to back AAC championships, but man, right now the Bearcats are hot. I mean, they're coming in, they received votes in last week's AP polls. The polls date do come out today at around 2 PM. And I, I do expect the Bearcats to be, climbing these polls especially after what georgia tech did last week they beat mississippi state they go on the road they beat duke and then the bearcats on the other side of things beat the georgia tech team by 30 so that win right there in itself holds quite a bit of weight right now obviously mississippi state lost again yesterday to southern university 60 to 59 but that georgia tech win right now is something that holds traumatic weight right now tremendous weight and people don't really kind of realize that because it was a early season game, but Howard was predicted to win their conference. Northern Kentucky was predicted to win their conference. Washington's or Eastern Washington was projected to win their conference. So you have three quality wins versus teams projected to win their conference already. And now you're adding a Georgia tech team who's starting to get the ball rolling. Everything is starting to click. Heck, those are four pretty big wins right there in non-conference. And now you have two big opportunities heading up to you. We won't jump ahead to Dayton yet because we got a big one on Saturday at the Cintas Center for the Crosstown Shootout. But a big opportunity looms ahead for Wes Miller and the Bearcats come Saturday. No doubt about it, Neil. And 
an opportunity and a matchup that I think finally favors UC in a road environment. Like we're going to say this so many times, I think on this show throughout this season for the first time this decade, Victor Locken is the pivotal piece for me. Can he come in and expose a smaller, less daunting front court out of Xavier than we're used to seeing out of them? You're not going to have, like, they're not going to have Jack Nungy there, obviously. You're not going to have, you're not going to have Zach Fremantle there. Can Jerome as well. Jerome, he he came back to practice, I saw over the weekend, but kind of, he's not going to play. It's up in the air if he's going to play, right? We don't, we're not exactly Yeah, he just got cleared to do light activities. Obviously, Jerome Hunter is someone who suffered a cardiac event this summer, so he's still kind of really working things back, but he just took the massive step, got cleared to do light basketball activity. Still to be determined on if he plays this season, but that's a huge step in the right direction for Jerome Hunter. Right. So not going to be available this Saturday when they, when things tip off at 6.30 p.m. inside the Centos Center. Can Victor Locken and Aziz Bandago continue the strong upward trend we've seen out of them and and really along with Odio Guama? Odio Guama's playing good basketball as well. This, this front court is leading this team and driving this team on the defensive end with their top 35 nationally in adjusted efficiency, and the offensive end with their top 35 nationally in adjusted efficiency. Now, to get to that true national contender level, you need to be top 10 in both. But I see kind of a path for that to happen, especially if the guards continue developing. We saw Jizzle James was almost a plus 30 and right around 20 minutes yesterday against FGCU. He played very well. I thought the performance of the team yesterday coming off of the 86-81 loss that you and I both agreed would be beneficial and would help them heading into Xavier. And I think C.J. Frederick and, and Victor Locken agreed with us when we asked them about it in the postgame press conference yesterday. That's just a really encouraging sign. To beat the brakes off of SGCU, to, to just give them no hope, not play with your food at all, just go in there, take care of business, and set yourself up to have the most confidence possible going into your rival's home building that you haven't won in since 2001. It's a great, great thing that we saw out of the Bearcats basketball performance yesterday. And to me, Neil, it comes down to the guards. I kind of know we're going to get good play out of Victor Locken. We're going to get good play out of Aziz Bandago. Can Jizzle James and Day-Day Thomas, after a shaky at best performance combined from the two against Howard, will they be able to wipe that on, swipe that under the rug and answer the bell as the lead ball handlers in a really tough environment that they're going to be playing in at CentOS Center this weekend. That's going to be interesting to see for me. But overall, Neil, when we look at this team through seven games, you got to be very, very impressed and very encouraged if you're a Bearcats fan from what you've seen and just the way this program has just steadily stacked up and gotten better and better each and every year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for many outsiders, uh, for the Bearcats fans, Aziz Bandego getting cleared was the piece the Bearcats needed because yep. they allowed Victor Locken to space the floor. They're able to do so much more different things on offense and defensively. They're able to do quite a bit of different amount of things. And I mean, we saw it. And over the last few weeks, I mean, Victor Locken had a performance where he went five for five from behind the arc. We saw it yesterday. Victor Locken went for 19 points on eight of 10 shooting, nine rebounds, and a career-high six assists. So, one I mean, for one back, from deep, too, in that game as well. And Odio Guamo stepped outside, knocked down a three ball. That looked He looked really, really comfortable shooting that three ball. The right, if it's wide open, open, take it. Why not? And then also you look down at the stat sheets from yesterday. 
you're not going to see Aziz Bandego finish with just one rebound. And very often, to say the least, your seven-footer ends with one rebound, but then on you look on the opposite side of things, Dan Skilling grabs you 12 rebounds. And only he has probably his worst shooting night of his career so far, just one for seven in his two years. But look at the offensive side. He struggled a little bit, makes up for it on the defensive side, gets you a team-high 12 boards. So overall, this team is a lot different, and I think they match up very well heading into Xavier. And this might honestly be the best crosstown shootout matchup since that 2017 season, which is the last time the Bearcats started the season 7-0. and Yep, and they dropped that eighth game at the Centos Center. They've obviously, we've said it, we've said it uh, continuously, we'll keep saying it, since 2001, they have not won on the road in this rivalry. And we didn't even mention C.J. Frederick right there. I mean, he went six for seven from the field, five or six, five of six from deep, I'm pretty sure. He looked like a sharpshooter out there, was hitting a lot of just dynamic shots, a lot of open shots for C.J. Frederick. It's a well-balanced, well-oiled, offensive machine and defensive machine. And when you brought up Aziz Bandego only having one rebound to me, Neil, I kind of read into that more of when I was watching Aziz for spurts yesterday during the contest, he was doing, just doing a lot of box outs, doing a lot of clear outs, making room for a lot of guys. And then you can allow the athletic wings like Dan Skillings to come in and scoop those rebounds off the board. It kind of felt like uh Wes Miller kind of keyed Bandego in on Keyshawn Kelman, who was fantastic in the game. He was arguably the second or third best player on the floor, but ultimately just didn't have enough help from his teammates to uh, to make the 23 points he posted make a difference. I believe it was the second or third highest point total UC's allowed individually this season through seven games. So he played really well, but he was obviously a guy you wanted to keep off the glass. They have Bandego kind of clear things out, and it just shows that team mentality, the team buy-in so far from the squad, and I'm excited to see how they look in practice on uh, on Tuesday as we get into some media availability for Xavier week. But we're going to take a quick time out here. And on the other side of things, we will kind of take a look at the season as a whole, take a look at their net ranking, take a look at the Ken Palm rankings and see where UC stands as they have a full, almost a full week, six days to prepare for Xavier. This is Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. Neil Meyer, Russ Eltman, we're here with you on Bearcat Blitz, closing out the show with a look at a 14th national net ranking in the initial net ranks for UC Hoops. That was a little higher than I thought it would be, Neil, but I guess it kind of speaks for itself when you have obviously not played a super difficult schedule. I think it's in the 309, the 318 range and adjusted uh, team efficiency on Ken Palm, but you're blowing these teams out. You're top eight and national nationally in scoring margin, uh, winning by about 17, 18 points per game. And you have handled your business against quad four and quad three opponents. Now they haven't had an opportunity to face. I don't think, did they have a quad two win? I know they don't have any quad one wins, but I still don't, I don't think Georgia tech quite qualifies for the, uh, the, the quadrant quadrant two win just yet, even though they are ranked 120th in Ken Palm. I did not see where they were in uh, in the net rankings just so, but I yeah, mean. They, the Georgia Tech win, hate to interrupt, they counted that as a quadrant two. Oh, it's a quad two? Okay, there yeah, you go. Quad Perfect. Two. Thank, you for, thank you for correcting. And so they have one quad two win, and now you have a chance to go get 
that coveted quad one win, your first chance of the season to get one of these at Xavier, who I believe is ranked 66. They're in the mid 60s of the initial net ranking. So, Neil, th- this team is tracking. If they stay in the top 25 to 30 of the net rankings nationally all year, I mean, your 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 hot take, your your bold take from last week is going to look cold because they could be a four or five seed if they hold this kind of positioning all season long. Now we got to pump the brakes a little bit. And on this very show two months ago, Dominic Goodman and and I, Dom a little bit more so than me, but got a little ahead of our skis a little bit on how the opening few weeks for Cincinnati football went, and we saw how that went. I don't foresee a collapse like that happening at all for this Bearcats basketball team, but the competition level is obviously going to ratchet up intensively over the next few weeks at that. I mean, when you look at Stetson, Merrimack, Dayton, Xavier, Bryant, these are all teams in the top 180 to 190 in overall Ken Palm and and net rankings. And that's something that is going to be different from the average 300s, low 300s level strength of schedule you face so far in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about the net rankings. I mean, obviously we're still in the non-conference thing, but if you're looking at the net rankings today after they came out earlier this morning, the Bearcats sit 14th. You look at who's ahead of them in those 13 other spots, four Big 12 teams. You have Houston at the top. You have Baylor at number two, or BYU at number two, excuse me. Baylor at number six, and then right ahead of them is Iowa State. So overall, you're looking at the net rankings that came out. Yes, the Bearcats are ranked number 14, but you're looking ahead of them, and four teams ahead of them will be on the schedule for this season and arguably, not even arguably, the best basketball conference in America. So overall, there's a lot of positive things to look forward to. Obviously, these rankings are just through the first six, seven non-conference games, but definitely definitely an exciting sight to see for Bearcats fans as the Bearcats crack number 14 in the first net rankings of the 2023-2024 season. No doubt about it. And and, and you can't, you, you play who you play. You play who's on the schedule and all you can do is play your best and, and put up the best performance possible from those teams on the schedule. And they've done about as good as they can. Ninth nationally, excuse me, just kept saying they're eighth nationally in scoring margin. Ninth nationally in scoring margin with a plus 22.3 point per game differential aided definitely by the 30-point blowout, 99-62 over the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles on Sunday. That'll do it for this episode of Bearcat Blitz. We'll be back on Thursday with an awesome, awesome show previewing the Crosstown Shootout looking at the history a little bit in recent years, looking at the last time UC was 7-0, and also we'll mix all that in with a preview and our special interview. We should have a good good guest on Thursday for everybody as we get Bearcat Blitz rolling into basketball season right here on the Believe Network. This has been Bearcat Blitz, presented by Bet Online.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.